I titled this message tonight, The Other Side of the Sea. The Other Side of the Sea. And uh, I thought that this was going to be the last night of the conference, but thank God that it's not. So when they said earlier we were going to go on, I got home and I said, well, I wasn't prepared. But God always is. I hadn't told the pastors yet. I know y'all look at me every time we pull up. We got something different. I mean, we got dirt in the house one night. That wasn't the plan at all at first. Then we got dirt in the house. Got water all in the house. Tonight I got trees in the house. So tomorrow night we're going to build a, we're going to have a burn pit right outside the house. So the Lord told me tomorrow night we're going to burn the plow and slaughter the ox. So if you got any things in your house that shouldn't be in your house, I want you to bring it to the house of God, and we're going to put it in the burn pit tomorrow night. Amen. If you got any witchcraft, if you got any rocks, what not too long ago, about three weeks ago, I baptized a dear lady, got in church, got born again. We baptized her. Before I put her down in the water, the Lord quickened me and said, There's, she's dealing in witchcraft. And so I looked at her in that water, and I said, there's a, a bond of witchcraft in your life. And she began to tremble and shake in that water. And she said, I didn't know anybody else knew but me and God. She said, I thought that it was okay for me to begin to dabble in yoga and meditation. She said, when I began to dabble in those things, she said, I began to build a memorial so she got some stones. I don't even know what they are. I guess with yoga, she got stones. And she built an altar to her legal marijuana. Come on, somebody. I don't know if anybody cut up their legal marijuana card yet last night. I just know some, some people said that wasn't mine. That wasn't me you were talking to. I wasn't talking to any one individual. I just, I got a big old smell of reefer last night. I'm not saying it was on anybody. Sometimes the Lord will just let you smell something. Come on now. Amen. So that you can speak what you smell. Amen. And so, listen, you don't have to stay bound by the doctor's order. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Because here's what I found. The woman with the issue of blood spent all she had on doctors. But she still had the same issue. My God. Let me tell you what legal marijuana won't do is heal your issues. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you what pornography won't do. It won't heal your issues. Let me tell you what a meth pipe in your hand won't do. It won't heal your issues. Let me tell you what sleeping around with every... Joe Blow that there is, guess what it won't do? It won't heal your issues. As a matter of fact, you'll wake up the next morning and wonder what you did and you'll... Because everybody you lay with, you just joined yourself with everybody they've laid with. You say, what are you talking about, pastor? I'm telling you what the word says. It said when you join yourself to a harlot, the two become one flesh. So whoever that harlot laid with, you just joined yourself with everybody the harlot laid with. Anybody ever seen join themselves to a pyramid scheme? That's how sexual immorality works. Because the two become one flesh. Come on, somebody. You just joined yourself to a sexual pyramid scheme. 
That's when I say, wow. Got some of y'all thinking we need to have an altar call right now. Come on, somebody. Because Can I just be honest just a minute? I don't even know what I'm saying, but we're going to say it. Because God said, say it, I guess. We're here. You ever been haunted to be married? Anybody ever get married and think it was going to heal all of your immoral problems? I guess it's okay to say this. You're going to get married, and you're just going to be intimate all the time, all the time, and everything's going to be healed. You're not going to look at pornography anymore because now you're married, and you're going to just be intimate all the time. Well, that happens for about a month, and the honeymoon's over, and you're at each other's throat. And if you're not intentional about intimacy, then all that goes out the window, and then it's a month or two months later or a year later or whatever. And you're like, what have we done? I thought marriage was going to heal all this. And you know what happens a lot of times is we get married on top of bones that we buried. You remember the story whenever Moses looked this way and looked that way and he killed the Egyptian and he got back out on the dead person the next day? He lost his ability to minister. Because whenever he went out there and began to minister the next day, you know what the man said to him? Are you going to do to me what you did to the man yesterday? You think about the baggage that many of us bring, and we stand in an altar. I love you. And we're standing on top of bones that we buried that we never uncovered. We never talk to anybody about the bones that I buried, but yet I want to be a good husband or wife. I'm glad you're good when you're dating, but now you're fixing to be together 24-7. And the pictures look great on Facebook when everybody's smiling. Let me tell you something about marriage. Somebody's going to have some dirty underwear in the, in the utility room. Somebody's going to have to take care of. See, there's a lot of dirty laundry that follow people around that we just never reveal. Because we want to reveal all the good stuff. You know what, I can tell you this, when we start getting real and we start uncovering the bones that we buried, let me tell you what, then the enemy begins to lose authority over your life. And so many times we get into a godly marriage, but somebody that you was with 10 years ago keeps popping up in your mind. I might not better ask you to raise your hand to that. But some of y'all saying, oh my, oh my, I know what you're saying. Let me tell you what, you got a sexual soul tie. The two become one flesh. And you wonder why the enemy keeps bombarding your mind. And probably the person the devil's bombarding your mind about is totally somebody that you met at the bar, that you paid money for off the street. Or else you can't get out of your mind what you've watched your whole life. And your wife or your husband can never meet those expectations. You better break the sexual immorality and the soul ties that are in your heart. You say, how do I do that, Pastor? Let me tell you what, God always deals in specifics, but the devil always deals in generalities. So get specific with God. I'm probably making some of you real uncomfortable. 
But I promise you this, you call that person's name out, there's power in confession. Whenever you confess, we'll get here in just a minute. And I'm going to say this again in a minute as I'm preaching. What I've come to find out, there's a lot of forgiven people in church, but they're not free. Come on now. You're going to heaven, but you're as bound as bound can be. You look like Lazarus trying to live. Lazarus was alive, but every part of his mind, every part of his body still had grave clothes on. You can live, but still be bound. You can be forgiven and not be free. Come on, somebody. 1 John 1, 9 says this, if we confess, or what? He is faithful and just to what? Forgive us of what? Our sins, all of our sins, and what else? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's forgiveness. And many of us here tonight are walking in that. But you're not free. You've played church well. And religion has taught you to cover up your forgiveness with grave clothes. Some of you wonder why you come into a worship service and you see other people truly free because they're not ashamed of their shame. Here you are wanting to worship God, but you're not wrapped up in grave clothes. I want to worship, but I'm stuck. I want to have vision, but I got grave clothes on my mind. I want to see clearly, but my eyes are covered up with grave clothes. I want to hear the voice of God because John 10 says that I can, but I can't hear him. All I can hear is the grave clothes. I would love to be able to speak for God like Sister Stacy said this morning, but I can't even open up my mouth because all I can see is the grave clothes. I would love to lift up my hands and worship, and hands also represent ministry but I can't even lift up my hands or put my hands to ministry because my hands are bound with grave clothes. I would love to walk like everybody else is walking, but I can't walk because my feet are bound with grave clothes. I believe God's going to begin to take off some grave clothes tonight. Jesus said to the people, loose him and let him go. Lazarus didn't put the grave clothes on him. Can I tell you what? Religion has wrapped a lot of people up in a lot of grave clothes. We've not loved them enough to loose them, my God. But we've wrapped them up with the law and we've taught them how to be pretty little church folks instead of real and vulnerable Christians. Because you know what I found out about true Christians is they'll get down in the dirtiest of holes with you and they'll see you through it. They'll love you through it. And you know what I found sometimes? The people that love me through the darkest times in my life don't say a thing. They just hold me, brother. You see, Paul told us very well. He said, in your weakness, my power is made perfect. I love what one translation says. He said, in your weakness, it's like God opens up a portal of glory over your life. 
We don't teach that in the church, though. Be strong. Be a good tongue talker. We've taught all that good, but are we truly baptized in the Holy Ghost? Because when a person truly gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're going to feel that thing go all the way down in your toenails. And it's going to begin to work like an auger. And it's going to begin to churn things up from the bottom and going to begin to push it out. You see what I found out is if I get a 55-gallon bucket of nasty oil that is no good and put a water hose down in there and turn the spigot on, guess what's going to happen? Slowly but surely, that water has more authority over the dirty oil and the water may start at the bottom, but it begins to push it out. I believe there's a river in this house that started this week and it's going to begin to cause the dirt to come out. So don't be surprised when you don't see the water for a season, but you see the dirt. You may see the dirt for a season, but can I tell you, church, it's okay. That tells me that the Holy Ghost is doing his job. The Holy Ghost is doing his job. And so we shout, 1 John 1, 9. But we get quiet at James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another. I ain't got to tell nobody but God. Try it out and tell me how it works for you. Moses did the same. Nobody knows but me and God. But he stood on dead man's bones the next day and tried to minister, but he lost his anointing and his authority in that moment. And you know what he did from there? He took off running. He said, I got caught. I killed him, and here he is. I'm sorry. He would have not have had to run because he would have owned his mistake. I said there's a lot of people in church forgiven, but they're not free. You want freedom? Get somebody that you can trust and confess the deepest, darkest things in your heart. And then watch God begin to free your life. Watch God begin to free your life. I got a picture today, fully free. Whose is this? Whose is this? Is this yours, Bailey? What happened today in your life? Come up here. Come on. Come on, sis. Where's the hammer at? Let me see your hammer. She meant business. She took grave clothes off today. And she got her pastor in this church when everybody else was gone. And she began to confess her junk. And she didn't only confess it, but she began to destroy it. You know what she did? She said, I'm going to crush that so I can't go back to that. And some of you need to do the same thing today. You need to... Some of you need to take a hammer to some stuff too. I told her, I'll tell this old house, I walked in and seen a glow on Bailey tonight. I saw what God did in her last year. 
I seen her get filled with the Holy Ghost last year, but I came back this year and seen a darkness over her. It made me mad with the devil. It made me mad with hell. But sis, you keep the hammer in that hand and keep destroying the works of the devil. I'm just telling somebody there's power in confession. There's power in confession. Come on now. She's free. Some of you wish you was her, but your pride's keeping you from taking the hammer. Hey, some grown men in this house, you want freedom so bad, but you're so ate up with pride. You're so ate up with pride, and it stinks, and you think that God don't see it. Let me tell you what, it's all on you. It's all on you. And you know why you're not close to God? Because God's not close to you because he resists the proud. He resists the proud. And some of you prideful people saying, I would never do that. That's why you're not down here on the floor right now. Because you know what? God's close to her right now. The church has blown it. The church has told the world that the church has it all together. Bunch of liars. We've lied to that world and made the world not want nothing to do with the church. Can I just tell you, take the mask off and get real. Take the mask off and get real. So I hope some of you Receive what I said. If you're tormented by sexual things, people of your past, call the person's name out and say, I apply the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to that name. And I break it in Jesus' name. You have no more control over my life. You can do it tonight. We'll, I'll stay with you here all night tonight. We'll stay with you here all night tonight. If you want to break every sexual soul tie in your life, I'll stay with you all night because I want to see people free. I'm tired of seeing an unhealthy bride. I'm tired of seeing the bride prostitute herself for cheap things of the world. The other side of the sea. You ready? Let's go. Exodus chapter 15. Father, I ask you, Lord, tonight that you would anoint me Father, I ask that you would help me tonight, God. Lord, you've blown my mind. Lord, you've changed my life again. But God, I'm so heavy for tonight. God, I know that you want to talk to your church. God, I thank you for the way that you've used Pastor Stacy this week. Such deep repentance and crying out. Thank you for this wonderful people, God. 
They have blessed me, changed my world more than they will ever know. Thank you for every offering. Thank you for every sacrifice to give. Thank you for their willingness to serve. Thank you for their willingness to get over bad attitudes that we weren't on the mountain. Thank you for unity. Thank you for love and thank you for grace. I ask you to anoint me. Help me, Lord, now. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus chapter 15. Verse 19. <clears throat> for the horse of Pharaoh went with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. Where's my tambourine, bro? And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Boy, they're happy, aren't they? They're dancing. They're shouting. Sound like revival. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness, and they found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it, into the waters. The waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. You remember Cameron saying that just a while ago? Verse 27, And they came to Elam, where there were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, that is 70. And they encamped there by the waters. Father, one more time, I ask you to bless my throat and anoint every word, God, that would come out of my mouth in this moment. God, I ask you to minister to every heart. I ask you to touch every life here tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we ask you, God, that you would meet with us, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So we said last night we baptized and we drowned the devils. 
And we were very, very excited about what God had done last night. We were thankful. How many of y'all were thankful that we drowned some devils? Hallelujah. Come on. How many of you felt different this morning when you woke up? Did anybody feel free? I know this sister right here got free. Hallelujah. I know this dear lady. I know God touched her. When I walked up to her today at church, I didn't even recognize who she was. The joy of the Lord was upon her life. Who else got touched last night? Who else felt like God just did something in your life last night? Amen? Stand up if you really believe God touched you last night. Look across here. What glory. What power. We drowned some devils. I mean, we showed up today excited for the things of God, for the glory of God. Amen? I mean, we were just excited for all that God done. Some of you, that was a pep in your step. Amen. little pep in your step. Amen. I mean, we're just happy. Joy. Everybody got about two hours of sleep. My God. But you're still here ready to go. You're calling the pastors. How can I serve? Can I cook this morning? Can I be at prayer at seven this morning? I mean, you're ready. I mean, I'm ready to take on hell with a water pistol. Come on, somebody. Take me to the streets of L.A. I'm ready to get them all born again. Hey, man, I'm going to go with you. Hey, man, I'm excited. Anybody there? I mean, I'm ready. Got a fresh wind and a fresh fire. I mean, I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. Give me the microphone. I done got ten messages in my heart. Amen. That thing God's been telling you to do for years, you're finally ready to do it. Anybody there? Amen. What are you going to do three days from now? I said, what you going to do three days from now? See, the Bible says the moment that they passed through the sea, that Miriam and Moses and all the children of Israel were talking about the miracle that God had done in the sea. How they walked through on dry ground. How, the, how God parted that sea back over the enemy. We drowned the devils. Thank you, man of God. We drowned the devils, and they're, they're talking about it, and they're shouting about it, and Moses is singing this song, and Miriam, the prophetess, she, she begins to get a tambourine in her hand. Revival at New the Red Sea parted. We baptized till 2 in the morning. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Come on, sis. Play the tambourine. Come on. Play it like you mean it. Play it like you mean it. Who else needs to get a tambourine shout? Anybody else want the tambourine? Come on and get it. Go ahead, sis. Play that tambourine. She's thanking God. Who else needs a turn? Who else wants a tambourine? Come on, Roger. Come on. Play that tambourine. Come on, church. Praise God with them right here. Miriam was singing. Sing to the Lord. He hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider, he is thrown into the sea. 
Hallelujah! Play it, Miriam. He threw it into the sea. Hallelujah! Play it, play it, play it. Freedom! Who else got free last night? Hallelujah! Come on, let's rejoice just a minute. Let's rejoice over revival just a minute. Keep rejoicing, new life. Church, praise him. Let's rejoice over revival just a minute.
Let it break, Jesse. Let it break. We're just going to wait on God just a minute, church. I got a message to preach, but we're going to wait on God. Come on, Jesse, get free. We rejoice with all this, don't we? We rejoice. You know what we just saw? We literally just saw before our very eyes Exodus 15 verses 19 through 21. We literally just saw that happen before our very eyes. Now you ready to go where we need to go? See, we just rejoiced over revival. But there's something deeper God wants to talk to us about tonight. He wants to reveal your heart. See, the Red Sea revealed God's heart. The Bible says... Right after verse 21, verse 22 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Guess what? Thursday, we're going to plane to Florida. So guess what? Some of you is going to leave your Red Sea moment. Because Moses led Israel away from the Red Sea. They just crossed through it. They just drowned their devils there. That was a life-defining moment. But now God, through Moses, is leading them away from that. Oh my God. You can't always live at the sea. The Red Sea revealed the heart of God. I'm a way maker. I'm fixing to do what you can't do. You're fixing to walk through. Get to the other side of that. That is salvation. Walking through the water is baptism. My God. And the enemy being drowned was God's plan, not yours. That's what the blood does. I'm no longer bound by sin. Sin has no dominion over my life any longer. The only thing that has control over my life is what I let control my life. 
Some things we need to quit blaming the devil on and recognize it's your flesh and it's what you wanted to do and it's not the devil's fault. You wanted what you wanted and you got it, baby. Now guess what? You can't let go of it and it sure ain't going to let go of you. Man, I can't believe the devil did it again. Quit that garbage. You got what you wanted. The devil's not that bad. The problem is the devil don't walk around with a pitchfork and red horns. Sometimes the devil looks like a $100 bill. Sometimes the devil looks like your family. But you keep giving them control and access into you. But God said that in the end times, that your greatest enemy would be those in your own house. My God. Jesus said this, Sister Patty. Your greatest enemy be in your own house. He said, you got to love them less. As a matter of fact, he said, you got to hate them. That word hate means love them less than me. That's the true mark of a disciple. If nobody has government over your life but him. Jesus. My God. My God. Jesus. My God, man. Let it go, man of God. Jesus. Come on, release your family member. Release them right now. Forgive them.
Whatever's bound on earth will be bound in heaven, but what's loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. The problem is we got to give up our right to get even. Give up your right for vengeance. Vengeance is one thing God will not share with us. Jesus. God, you're going deep. This is exactly what God wanted. Because three days later, brother, three days is all it took for them to forget the miracle of the sea. How long will it take you to forget be laying in this floor puking up demons? How long will it take you to forget the stuff God broke and you choose to go back to it? I'm going to tell you this. I heard God say this to me and he said, you better warn the people. He said, you probably don't have another time to go back to that thing of the world. That that God set you free from this week, he said, you don't have another opportunity. Don't waste God's time or the people that wallowed in this floor with you time. All it took was three days, brother. See, the Red Sea revealed God's heart, but Mara revealed the people's heart. Three days, three days after Miriam's dancing, people are shouting, we're running. Moses and all of Israel singing this song about how good God is. But three days into the wilderness, if you think that you're going to walk out of this revival and not walk right into a wilderness, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> the moment Jesus was baptized, came up out of that water, and the Father spoke from heaven, the heavens opened, this is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. The moment he came out of that water, the Bible says he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I can assure you this, that the same temptation you got free from will come back to you after this meeting. All it took was three days for them to forget the miracle of the sea. Will it take you three minutes, three hours, three days to forget what God did for you this week? To forget the words God spoke to you? To forget what happened in that water last night? To forget families of four standing in that water wrapped up? How easily do we forget all that God did? We can get down in here because we're still in the atmosphere. We can run, we can dance, we can shout, we can break iPads, we can do all that because everybody's engaged in it. But what about when you get along? What will you do then? Because God led the children of Israel away from the sea. And 
I can assure you, you'll be led away from this meeting too. I'm not just preaching at you. You hear me. I'm not prophesying doom over my life. But what I've come to find out at a meeting like this or any time, hell's going to fight you before you get there, while you're there, and when you leave there. Sometimes I get so fearful at a meeting like this because I wonder the cost. I wonder the cost. If I'm very honest with you, sometimes the cost is almost unbearable. Because I can assure you this, that devil ain't sitting back. Thinking I'm just going to let that go on. If you think Jared Jenkins, Jonathan Skiles, Stacey Harrison, you're just going to go the next time and let the same thing happen, you got another thing coming. And if you think, Bailey, that the devil's okay with you taking your hammer to that iPad and getting free seats, you got another thing coming. Let me tell you something. The devil will put some money in somebody's hand and they'll buy you a brand new iPad and say, here you go. You better have discernment of who gives it to you. Spurgeon said true discernment is not knowing right from wrong, but right and almost right. The agenda of the enemy in this hour is know who gives you the iPad. Is it a demon or is it a saint? Is it a witch? So the Red Sea revealed the heart of God. What God did last night was easy. All we had to do was obey God. Last Wednesday, God said, get water in this house. One step of obedience for all of us to get the baptistry here. You people lined up like crazy people to get in that water last night. Till two this morning, I ain't even been to bed. Come on. You couldn't wait to get in that water. Didn't even bring no clothes. What's wrong with y'all? You know what's wrong with y'all? Y'all were hungry for God. You're hungry for God. You're hungry for revival. You just begin to jump in. Some of you begin to break line. You're like, I need in now. Glory to God. I don't think nobody's going to get mad. Somebody get broke in line for getting baptized. You got to forgive on that one. Now, you might not tomorrow at Walmart. Come on, somebody. But it's like we were so excited for breakthrough last night. But three days from now, three days from now, will you still have that same passion? Three days from now, when there's no water to drink, what will our heart be then? Three days from now, when I'm lonely, Bailey, what will I do when nobody's there? What will I do? Because three days from now is when God is going to begin to deal with your heart. Three days from now, God is going to begin to touch places in your life and say, now what will you do? You know what this proved to me? That a person can be saved, 
baptized and the devil you dealt with yesterday, you'll see him no longer. But three days from now, you're going to begin to see the bitterness in your own heart. So there's no water. Oh, now they finally come up on water. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You ever had moments like that? You're so thirsty for something. And then you finally come up on the water. I could just see them all running to that water. Get them a drink. I guess that's all right. It was flooded yesterday. <laughs> you said, my God, I can't even drink that. It's bitter. Who wants bitter coffee or bitter water? Nobody. Nobody. But you know what was more bitter than the water? Their heart. Their heart was bitter. How do you know, Pastor? Because they began to complain against Moses. Why did you bring us here? They ain't even no water to drink. By God, and this water that we are drinking is nasty and bitter. How easily they forgot that Moses just lifted up his rod for them to get through the sea. So all it took was three days for, for them to forget the goodness of the pastor they had too. So some of you made wrongs right with your pastors. How will you be in three days from now? What if they do the same thing that they did that got you mad the first time? Three days from now, the same thing. Well, they didn't learn a thing when I came and got right with them. I can't believe that. <laughs> Might as well spit the bitter water out. It's not about the water, it's about your heart. See, Mara means bitter. And the water may have been bitter, but their heart was Mara too. We're all dancing as long as we're passing through the sea. But now I ain't got no water. And all it took to get there was three days. How many hours is that? 72? 72 hours. 72 hours later, they forgot revival at New Life. We forgot the breakthrough that I got. 72 hours later, I start getting negative phone calls. 72 hours. So what do we do? What do we do? Do we just run in our emotions? We were just in revival this week. Glory to God. Everybody's dancing and shouting. I love it. I love what just happened. That's why I didn't want to touch it. But at the same time. Tambourine goes down. Now it's just you. God hadn't left you. God led you there. God said, I want to know what you're going to do when the noise stops. God said, I want you to know what you're going to do when the jingle stops, brother. What you going to do when the Holy Ghost ain't there through a man pushing you to get right? 
Do you have personal time with God set aside? Well, you're fired up right now, revival, but three days from now, will you still get along with God? Three hours from now, will you still spend time in the Word? Every told, everything God told you to break sis, what you going to do three days from now? Pick the phone back up. What if they do? Because some things we don't have to pursue after, they'll pursue after you, sweetheart. Three days from now, baby girl, what you going to do? What you going to do? Three days they forgot. Three days. No water. I'm thirsty. They made it all about them. Three days from now we become very selfish. We cleaned water up all night, Tuesday night, but three days from now I'm going to be selfish. I lose my servant's heart and now I'm selfish. I've made it all about me again. It's all about me. There ain't no water. And Moses, this water's bitter and I can't believe you did this. I wish we'd have just go back on the other side of the sea. Some of you is willing to give up your miracle because of your bitterness in your heart. Church, God don't want us just to pass through the sea. He don't want us just to be water baptized and drown demons in one night and we live off what happened last night the rest of our life. You know what? I get to constantly pass through that river. (laughs) But I get to constantly come to Mara too. Because when I get down at Mara, I see my face. And I think, you prideful bitter man what's wrong with you Jared at times and God said I just want to show you you and I want to show you your reflection so that you can begin to see mine because I'm going to show you that without me you can't do anything and then God begins to remove my reflection and begins to show me his And he said, I just wanted to bring you here to show you what you're capable of doing with your life. I just brought you through the sea. I just brought you through the water. I just delivered you of everything. But three days later, sweetheart, you still can't do it without Jesus. You still can't stay free without Jesus. You'll still get bitter without Jesus. You'll still go back without Jesus. But guess what? Three days later, there's still an answer. Three days later, you don't have to stay bitter. Three days later, come on somebody. Three days later, Moses began to cry out to God. And the people cried out to Moses. And Moses said, God, what do you want me to do? Somebody get me this fig tree and set it up here on the altar. God said, Moses, what do you want me to do? And immediately, Moses had the rod in his hand. Remember? Three days before. Three days before, he had a rod in his hand, the rod of God. And what did he do three days before? He lifted the rod of God and just extended. Praise God. That just helped me go and preach more. My God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Gonna make me speak in tongues over a rod. Come on, somebody. Because that's exactly what the enemy does. Wants me to keep my hands on what I used three days ago. And guess what? The enemy will do a lot of times. Make it extend and really make it comfortable to you. But I need to tell somebody what you used three days ago we're going to use in the bitter waters. The problem in religion and the problem with tradition is we keep trying to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And we don't deal with the bitterness inside the hearts of the people. We pretty them up. My God, it makes me sick. Sometimes I feel a righteous anger come over me with religion. seen too many broken people, brother, with bitter hearts. And they were told that everything's all right from that day. You gave your heart to the Lord and the blood covered everything. But yet they're tormented still. They're tormented still. They're still tormented by hell. But they're forgiven, but they're not free. My God, and they're tormented, brother. The Red Sea represents salvation, baptism, and what you brought in, it's done with. You're no longer bound by sin. That's true. Sin no longer has a hold of me. But there's still things in that heart, brother. There's still bitter roots in that life, brother. That soul is still wounded. That soul is still sick. And I'm sick and tired of seeing an unhealthy bride. So Moses, three days ago, had a rod of God in his hand. But guess what? That going to work for bitter waters. So guess what God said? He said, Moses, he said, you see that tree? He said, you see that tree? Same concept. But fresh revelation. I'm fixing to really mess tradition and religion up. Because guess what? Religious people get mad when you say God's going to do a new thing. Because they say God don't do nothing new. Well, I beg to differ. Isaiah chapter 43 says that my God does a new thing. Amen. And if you get mad about new stuff, well, let me tell you what it means in the Hebrew. It means a fresh work. And God told me, prophesy over this house. God said, I do a new thing. I give new revelation. I give fresh life. I give new life. It's not going to look like what the other people does. New life won't look like the church down the road. God said, lay the rod down, man of God. He said, go to the tree and cast it in the water, and the water will be healed. He said, I'm going to do a new thing over this house. The word new means fresh. He said, get a new cruise of salt. A new cruise, a fresh cruise, and put salt therein. 
God said, I'm filling this house up with a new cruise. And I'm filling it up with salt. And that salt's about to be poured in some wounds, brother, tonight in this house. God's about to go deep in some of you. He's about to open you up. Open heart surgery. God's about to reveal your soul. King David said, he restores my soul. Why was his soul sick? Because he just gave in to adultery, brother. He just lost a baby. And that soul was wounded even though he was anointed in a king. Tired of seeing religion. Doctor people up and say it's all right. And the devil have a field day in that depression. I would say a majority of the church is on some kind of prescription medication to cover up your pain. Well, let me tell you what. You were called to feel pain. There's fellowship in the sufferings of Christ. You and I weren't called to be numb. You know why we can't worship God? Because our hearts are numb by the prescription medication that the church is addicted to. You know why the church don't cry? Because we're addicted to prescription medication. Now listen. You want to know why witchcraft has run its veins in the church? Because look up what pharmacia is. It is sorcery and witchcraft. You ever been to a doctor and seen snakes around the pharmacy? That's the serpent, brother. I'm not making it up. Look it up in the Hebrew. Pharmakia is sorcery and witchcraft. We wonder why we got to keep getting the church delivered of devils because the church is high and has numbed herself to sorcery and witchcraft. Well, you don't understand what happened to me. Jesus does. Let me tell you all something. You don't understand what happened to me. I seen my daddy drag my mom out of the, our house by the hair of her head. Sling her outside the house. I was 10 years old. I'd wake up and my daddy would be beating my mama almost to death. I'd jump in between them and then my daddy would begin to whip on me. Then my mom would jump back in between us. My mom still got a broke finger today where she tried to stop my daddy from beating on me. At 10 years old, I learned how to leave. At 10 years old, I learned how mom and dad just run away from every problem in their life. I would drive my mama to my grandmother's at 10 years old. I seen my daddy rip a concho off of a new boot my mama got and stuff it down her throat. My daddy died 12 years ago a drunk. Almost lost my mom three times to pain pill addiction. The last phone call I got, my mom was laying in the floor. Couldn't even move, lethargic. Every time she went to the bathroom, her organs were shutting down. Her pee was black. I know pain. I'm not bragging on that. Let me tell you what, because 19 years ago, I'd have put a, a dope stem in my mouth, and I'd have, I'd have smoked that mess right down in a heartbeat. 
I'd have got so drunk, I'd have had sex with every person that would stand still long enough. But you know what? When I began to face them things in my daddy's death, guess what? I had to deal with pain with Jesus. And in those moments, Jesus taught me about the fellowship of suffering. Jesus taught me that what you go through, that you can bring comfort to others with the same comfort you yourselves have been comforted with. We got to quit using dope and medication that the doctors subscribe for a, for a crutch. Get in the word of God. Jesus said he counted all his joy to carry the cross. Jesus said, I despise your shame. I don't care if you were sexually abused. You can let Jesus go back to that place and you can forgive them. If you were molested, you can forgive your molester. If you've been sexually abused or raped, you can forgive them in Jesus' name. You don't got to put a pill on it. Put the blood on it. Chate. Quit putting a pill on it. Get the blood on it. Well, I'm going to go to psychiatrists. What they going to do? Talk to you about your problem? They can't heal it. Only the blood can heal it. Quit going. Quit wasting your money. Put it in the kingdom of God. Let's build the church. Let's prophesy. Cast out devils in Jesus' name. It's amazing to me we'll tell psychologists something we'd never talk to our pastor about. You want to tell, talk to me about, I'm forgiving, but I ain't confessing nothing. But you'll spend thousands of dollars to go see a shrink. Third John verse 2. Somebody got it? Third John 2. Am I okay? Okay. Got it? Who's got it? Behold, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Can I tell you, I believe, Sister Stacy said she's got a mandate. I believe my mandate for this year is to see the church is soul healthy. I looked up the word soul in the Greek. Guess what it means? Psyche. God wants your psyche to be healed. And God wants to do it, not the psychologist. Not the shrink. Some of you need to cancel your appointment that you got next week. You need to cancel your appointment that you got with the shrink because God's about to do a new thing in your life. If you're tired of the same cycle, then get off the dope. Well, it's prescribed by my doctor. It's still mind-altering. It's keeping you from feeling anything, and you're numb. God don't want you numb because whenever we're numb, we'll never know how we need him and why we need him and when we need him. 
Can I tell you this? Your prescription medication is your God. It's what you worship. I can't get out of bed unless I got it. I can't go to work unless I got it. I can't go to church unless I got it. Somebody may offend me. You bet they will. The Bible says they will. But I'd much rather be offended by somebody than be an offense to God. So Pastor Jonathan, the Lord said, he's going to do a new thing. He said, Moses, you see that tree? Moses looked up and he saw the tree. So God's not only going to give you fresh revelation so that you can see it, but the Lord said you can have it. You're not only going to see it, but you're going to hold it. It's yours. It's new lives. Fresh vision is coming to this house. People are waiting for you to move. People are waiting for what's in here. Brother, there's greatness. Brother, there's largeness in you. We don't even know. Your wife don't even know what's in you. You've been afraid to tell her the deep, deep thing that you see. Brother, let me tell you, this place is about to explode. People won't be able to stop it. They won't be able to control it because it's about to be on. It's about to burst open. The Lord said it's yours. You're an atmosphere changer. I hear the Lord say, there's vision in you, but you've got to activate the anointing. He's waiting on you. You've held it and not spoken. Mm. You've thought, what will people think? Mm. It's like we carry a credit card with a $20,000 limit in our, in our pocket. But if we never call the 800 number and activate it, I'm just carrying $20,000 access in my pocket for no reason because it's not activated. Brother, you're carrying vision, but it's not activated yet. The Lord said, I've already shown it, but tonight I gave it. And on behalf of this whole church, now you're about to cast it. My God. You're going to cast the fresh vision into the water. You're going to cast the fresh vision into their problems. God is about to give you open revelation and you're going to begin to speak and immediately when you speak, demons will flee. Freedom will come. Bondages will break. What you say, what you say is about to be so. What you say will be so. Just as 
My God. When God brought the animals to Adam to name, they're still named that today. God could have named them, but he wanted Adam to walk in authority and dominion. And what he spoke, they would be. And God said, he's ready for you. God said, I can do what I'm going to do without you. He said, but I'm about to show the authority that's in you, the vision that I put in you. And he said, what you say will be so, says the Lord. New life. Don't keep putting the rod in his hand. Show him the tree. There's life in the tree. I said there's life in the tree. Cast it in the water. The rod's dead. I said the rod's dead. What God did last year's dead. But what God did this year is alive. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said fresh revelation. New life, new life, new life. Yesterday's dead. Show him the tree. Pastor Stacy said this morning, Moses should have spoke to the rock. Yeah, he was angry with the people. But I believe he also got caught up in tradition. Let me do today what I did yesterday. Well, what worked yesterday is going to work today. Show titty be undying. Can I tell you, I speak over this house. I break every tradition off of this place. I break... The spirit of religion from off of this house. I swear break the spirit of tradition from off of this house. The tradition of man you cast out in Jesus' name. Tradition of man has no right over this place. God said, I do a new thing. New life, how are you going to respond when he puts the rod down? Show him the tree. He gets it. How old are you? 19. Thank God for childlike faith. It's not the 19-year-olds I worry about. I said, it's not the 19-year-olds I worry about. It's those that's been saved 119 years that I worry about. I ain't never seen a prostitute, a pole dancer, a drunk, or a dopehead come up in our church and try to do anything to disrupt the service but get delivered. But I've seen a lot of religious people pull me to the side and say, Pastor, I think I would do this a little bit different if I were you. 
Well, Pastor, I don't think I would let my services go that long if I were you because people's going to end up leaving. Well, let me tell you what we learned. Those that leave were called to leave because there's a church right down the road that will fit in your tradition and they'll stay in the tradition of man. They follow the rules of religion. But as for me in this house, we're going to follow the Holy Ghost and we're going to keep going back to the tree and we're going to cast, we're going to cast life into the bitter waters because I'm sick and tired of seeing a bitter bride. I'm tired of seeing a bitter bride everywhere I go. Religion will make you bitter and cold. You know why? Because you can't control the atmosphere where the Holy Ghost is. I've always wondered, I've always wondered, Pastor Jonathan, 5,000 men, 5,000 men on the side of that mountain that day. Jesus got to feed them, and only one little kid's got a lunch. Are you kidding me? One little boy's going to give his lunch? That's why that 19-year-old can say, point him to the tree. I guarantee you there were some grown folk up in there that had a lot of lunches. There were some grown folk on that hill that had a lunch, but they were too selfish to reveal it. Because I may not get my lunch back, baby. But the moment God started using the younger generation, brother, well, I can't believe you got purple lights on that wall. Purple lights. What kind of church is that? Wood wall. What kind of church is that? I can't believe. Boy, they really lowered the standard. They, they must not be preaching the word of God. Preacher ain't got a suit on tonight. I wore mine just so I could preach this. Better watch out. So here's what happens a lot of times. There's an older generation. Here's we hide our stuff. We hide our lunch. But there's a little lad whose mama made him a lunch that morning. Very gladly will I give it to Jesus. I'm not going to withhold because I'm like the 19-year-old. I'm going to point him to the tree because I don't know any better. Just do what God said. Jesus said, if somebody got a lunch, and the little boy said, here you go. Take mine. I don't need it. I don't need it. You give me a young generation that don't know anything but here. I, got, I promise you this. Jesus will teach them everything they need to know. Just give that to them. You know what happened? I don't know this. But I believe 5,000 men looked at that little boy. And said, who's he think he is for Jesus to take his lunch? See, some of you, if you were here, you wouldn't choose me. Because I was a dope head, 140 pounds, meth coming out of my skin. I killed three babies. You wouldn't have never chose me. I know that. I surely wouldn't have chose me. But thank God for the gospel. Because in that while we were yet sinners, he died. And 5,000 men on that hill never would have picked that little boy 
but Jesus gave up his lunch. And the moment that that little boy gave Jesus his lunch, Jesus began to bless it and break it. And he fed the men that withheld their lunch. See, there's an older generation that a younger generation is feeding because the older kept their lunch back. But now they're mad and bitter because they got caught up in tradition. Well, I'm going to do what I did yesterday. I came to the mountain and I ate my lunch. I came to the mountain and I ate my lunch. That's what you've done for years. But now Jesus wants your lunch. You refuse to give it. So God uses somebody that would give it. And now he's using somebody different than you. Because you refuse to give it. Your religion and your routine and your rules said do what you did the last 58 years. Let's strike the rock. Leadership, listen to me. The grace of God is always going to feed the people. The only one that knew that Moses failed was him and God. You can be so right and the congregation still drink, but you know that you're in disobedience on this platform. See, God's grace is greater than you. And nobody will ever know that you're in disobedience but you and God. Thank God that he loves us that he don't expose us to the congregation and they still drink. But can I tell you, God's given you opportunity to repent. commentator said I said what kind of tree was that some would say that it was a tree that produced sweet fruit because the water turned from bitter to sweet now hear me God doesn't do anything halfway God didn't turn bitter waters to brackish waters where there was a mixture my God some of you have a mixture in your life and where there's a mixture, you're godly on Sunday, but you're worldly on Monday. You got brackish waters in you, and people will spew you out, and so will Jesus. Because a mixture is lukewarmness. So when God does something, he does it all the way. It wasn't even bitter to normal. It wasn't just good drinking water, but the good stuff was in this water. Now it's sweet. About five years ago, I had a kidney disease, rare kidney disease. I started swelling in my whole body. My whole body began to swell. I started getting huge, my, my legs. Could hardly walk, but I would still preach, my God's a healer. I preach he's a healer. I couldn't hardly get my shoes on, could I? My feet were so swollen. I couldn't wear flip-flops because my feet were so big. My legs were so big. I was spilling protein all in my body, and I didn't know it. My kidneys weren't functioning. I was going into kidney failure. And I went to a friend of mine's church after about a year of this, fighting, fighting. They took a piece of my kidney out, told me I had this rare kidney disease put me on 60 milligrams of prednisone, and oh, my God. I thought I was going to kill myself and everybody around me. 
So I just came off of it. I said, I can't take medicine. I don't take, I said, I can't. And I'm already angry as it is. I sure don't need prednisone to help me out. Amen. Come on, somebody. Some of you men know what I'm talking about. I don't need prednisone to help me get fired up. And so I just stopped cold turkey. You're not supposed to do that. I went to a revival and this man was there and never met him before in my life. He laid hands on me. And he said, God said he healed you this day. He's the Lord that heals. And I hit the floor. The next night we got up and we took communion at our church. And I had an appointment on Thursday. And I went into that doctor, that nephrologist. And he was an unbeliever at the time. He was backslidden. Next thing I know, he come walking in with his computer. And his eyes were huge. And he said, what have you done? He said, are you taking your medicine? I said, I stopped, doc. He said, you did what? I said, I stopped. He said, Jared, you can't do that. He said, well, I guess I, you can. He said, because your results. He said, Jared, you were spilling blood in your urine. You were spilling 4,000 grams of protein in your body constantly. He said, there's zero protein in your body. He said, even a normal body has some protein in it. He said, you have zero. He said, everybody spills a little blood in their urine. You have zero. He said, so I don't guess I can say but one thing, you're crazy for stopping the medicine. He said, but whatever you've done works. And then he stopped and he said, I know what you've done. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, science said you can't get well. He said, but all the science that I've known up to this point went out the window. He said, I know your God healed you. <laughs> he said, I know your God healed you. So let me tell you something. When God goes to the tree and casts a new thing in your bitter waters, he don't turn the bitterness to brackishness. He turns your bitterness into sweetness. God didn't start this revival this week to get a halfway person. He didn't start you to get you halfway delivered, halfway free. My God came to get you fully delivered, fully free. Well, you're not only halfway, but now you're totally different than the way you came. Somebody praise him in this house. He does nothing halfway. He'll blow people's mind with you. That doctor said, I used to believe in God, but I stopped. But I know he's real now. He started asking me about my God. He started asking me about my God. He said, I've never seen this before. He said, it's zeros across the board. Zeros across the board. My God does nothing halfway. Some of you need to lay tradition down. Guess what? The rod worked after that moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
God may allow you to pick back some things because not everything's bad. <laughs> not everything they did yesterday's wrong. <laughs> but right now in this moment, God said, go to the tree. God may just want to know if he can talk to you still. My God. God may need to know if he can talk to you in this season. Because it's a now season, not a next season. Not a yesterday season, but it's a now season. Can God talk to you still and call you to lay down your rod that parted the sea three days ago? Can he still talk to you three days later and say, I know you're bitter now, but go to the tree. Go to the fresh revelation. Go back to what you got. Go back to the word. Go back to the presence. Get back in the spirit and go to the tree of life and cast it into the water. Some commentators say it was a sweet tree. Some say it was a bitter tree. Bitterness sucked up bitterness. And I thought, my God, that sounds just like the cross to me. It's sweet and it's bitter. Oh, my God. Because the sweetness on the other side of that, but as you come to that, the bitterness of the flesh. Sometimes carrying that cross is hard. Whenever you carry that cross, bitterness is going to pour out of your life constantly. Because if you carry a cross, you can't carry bitterness at the same time. It's going to purge it out. It's going to purge it out. It's going to purge it out. But thank God, whenever it's purging out, there's such a sweetness. There's such an incense to the nostrils of our God going up to heaven. That tree was the cross. Bitterness is in this house tonight. Bitter waters, mixtures is in this house. One foot in, one foot out. Some of you still got your plan right now tonight. The plan of God looks really good, but you still got yours. I wonder which plan's going to work. I'm going to try them both out. Right now in revival, I'm right here, but I still got the exit plan, and I just happen to see the exit sign. My God, my God, my God. Some of you still got plan B just in case plan A don't work. Some of you need to crucify plan B tonight, and you need to cast the cross one thing I found out about this wall with God, there's no extra strategy. I got to press on to that call that lies ahead. I can't go back, church. I can't look back, church. I can't go back. But I can go get something fresh. I can get something fresh. And when I get this something fresh, I cast it into the water. And what's in them waters will now begin to shift. This church is going to shift atmospheres, brother. Get ready. This church is fixing to get fresh revelation. You're not only going to get it here, but you're going to grab it. You're not only going to get it, but you're going to grab it. Somebody needs to get in that spirit. I'm not only going to get it, but I'm going to grab it. And then when you grab it, you're going to cast it. Y'all might need to get a t-shirt. Get it, grab it, cast it. I'm going to get one if y'all don't. <laughs> get it, grab it, cast it. Amen. And let that be a reminder. When you get in an atmosphere, it's bitter. Just take the tree.
cast it into the water. I don't care what the situation's like. Me and three others preached a funeral at a Methodist church last week. Nineteen years ago, every one of us was in dope so deep you couldn't even fathom. And I thought, my God, here we are preaching our teacher's funeral. Six of us in there 19 years ago, we was all high strung out running from the law. Here we all are in the same church, full of the Holy Ghost preaching this funeral. And I thought, my God. Well, I just happened to have the mic last. And the Holy Ghost came upon me. We was in a Methodist church, brother. Atmosphere with lost people there. Hadn't even seen this teacher in years and years and years. The last time I saw her son, we was cooking meth together. But they've seen the change in our life. And they reached out because we had the opportunity to go pray with Miss Gavin at her hospital bed the other day. And I said, Miss Gavin, you ready to cross that river? She tried all she could do to get that mask off. She was wanting to rejoice. The Holy Ghost came upon me in that Methodist church. That family sitting on that front. The Lord gave me a word, and I began to prophesy. I began to say things to that, that mama that died, things that her grandma wrote in her Bible. I didn't know that Miss Gavin's mom was Assembly of God missionary. I didn't know that 18-year-old little girl on that front row was her grandmama. I didn't know what that grandmama wrote in that Bible, but the Holy Ghost told me to tell that baby girl to run. Said, baby girl, God put something in your hand, now run. She began to weep. I saw that little girl in Africa, around, around little African babies, teaching them. Her mama came to me and said, what you don't know was he said, my mama wrote in her Bible before she died the very thing you're saying. She said she teaches little kids at our, at our church right now. She said, you've never laid eyes on her. Something came up on the inside of me. I went to that tree. I didn't care the atmosphere we was in. I cast life in the bitter waters and the prophetic began to flow and that 18 year old old girl began to weep and that family that was mourning left comforted. They knew that God was in their midst. People will know they're in the presence of God if you'll get back to where life is and cast it into the dead bitter waters. didn't have an opportunity, I've tried to make crosses, but my glue started running, it wouldn't dry. I got four. I didn't even know that I had four. You take that with you when you feel bitter waters casted. I'm telling you, it's more than a popsicle stick. I'm telling you, it's more than that. I'm telling you, it's more than a popsicle stick. I searched in Target all over a while ago to find them. And I came back with Gorilla Glue and was going to glue everyone and begin to pray. But they wouldn't stick fast enough. I was running late. But I made four and didn't even know it. 
But I'll tell you what is here. There's fresh revelation and fresh trees in this altar for everybody in this house. Some of you is going to come get your stick tonight. Some of you is going to come get your tree tonight. And if you think that it's just an ordinary popsicle stick, you got another thing coming. You're going to carry this little popsicle stick around with you. Stay around these altars. Go back to whatever you need to do. There's deep repentance in this house. God wants you to cast this tree in your bitter waters. God wants you to begin to talk again. God wants you to do more than just rejoice in the middle of a revival. God wants you to repent over the bitterness that's in your heart, over the darkness that's in your heart, over the lies that's in your heart, over the buried things that's in your heart, over the bones that you've buried and trying to minister on top of. You lose your ability to minister there. Kick some of them sticks back for other people, if y'all will. Come get your stick. My God, man. My God. Oh, my God. My God. Come on, church, pray through Pray through. Pray through. We don't need music to move us. Come on. We're third days after the Red Sea. What you going to do now? Practice now what you going to do three days from now. Surabatora bakura da 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 da